Welcome into another episode of the Swamp 247 podcast, a very special episode, I should say, of the Swamp 247 podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Rudner, alongside Swamp 247 recruiting analyst Blake Alderman. And Blake, uh, we haven't had you on the podcast in quite a bit, but now you are back to talk some recruiting. Uh, Florida football, definitely in a uh, an interesting place with a, with a host of big official visits coming up. Gators taking on LSU this weekend, October 15th. Uh, many high-profile prospects expected to be on Florida's campus for that contest. But first, uh, I'm going to get your thoughts on Florida's performance in its 24-17 win over Missouri. Uh, for those of you who have been following the podcast this season, the way that we lay it out, uh, we have two podcasts per week. We have a game review podcast and a game preview podcast. Uh, but this week, obviously, with the big recruiting week, we thought we'd get Blake on the show uh, to kind of break down what we can expect later on in the week. However, uh, I will start by doing some some review content here of uh, that Missouri game. You were there in attendance. What were some of your thoughts, just kind of how things went down? Uh, any takeaways that you had? You know, I think for me, it seems like the passing game from Anthony Richardson is a bit forced. Um, and I say that in the sense of everybody knows that when, it, when Anthony Richardson is on, he's one of the best players in college football. You know, he can take over a game. Um, but there are some games where – if he's not able to use his legs to open things up, it seems like the passing game is a bit forced. And I think that that loss of being able to move the chains with his legs or at least to, to get that positive yardage by scrambling or design QB runs, whatever have you, um, it seems like he loses a bit of confidence in the passing game. I think that the Jekyll and Hyde type of season that he's had, you know, great in the Utah game, struggled for a couple games there, turns around, has two great games against – uh, Tennessee on the road, um, and then uh, Eastern Washington at home. Um, I thought that, again, you see the the lull game type from him. The body language just seems a little off from him um, in that Missouri game. I think that was one of the biggest takes, takeaways for me. Um, I think the offensive line continues to play great. I think the running backs, you know, Florida's got a stable of those guys. They all are um, – you know, big time players. I think that Montrell Johnson is a guy that, you know, jumps out to me as someone that needs to see more carries in a game. Um, and that's nothing to take away from the season that Trevor Etienne's done. Naquan Wright has done some special things too. But I, I you know, you see Montrell Johnson, he just can completely take over a game. Um, you see some of those games where you think that, you know, you see his yardage and you're like, man, this guy must have been tearing it up. And it's like on, I think, what was USF game, like six carries, eight carries, something like that. You know, yeah. just some of those few carries. I think that getting him the ball a little bit more, I think, would be would be something smart to do. Um, you know, defensively, um, you know, I think it was great to see Jaden Hill come out and have the performance he's had coming back from that injury. Um, he was a guy that, you know, has, has had some trouble with the ACL over the course of, you know, through high school when he tore his ACL, he even did it at Florida. Um, so I think that was good to see, you know, from a, you know, like a feel good type of standpoint to see him come out and have the game he did defense. I think the number one thing for me is, you know, you look and you see the depth um, at the defensive line. That's been, you know, really something that Florida struggled with, with that depth. You know, they have some of these young guys that are coming along, um, but missed tackles, man, that was the thing that jumped out the most to me. Florida continues to have those games where they struggle to wrap guys up. They just continually have those, those missed tackles. Um, and I think that that's something that, you know, I feel like I've you know been doing these podcasts through different coaching staffs, and I feel like every time I come on here and talk about the defense, it's missed tackles, you know. So I don't know if that's something a coaching staff can do. I you know obviously when you recruit these guys, they're able to tackle before, so I don't know what you do to fix that. You know, maybe having some more tackling in game or excuse me in practices, um, but you know that was the thing that jumped out the most to me on defense. They give up those third and longs. Um, that's got to be something that they have to work on tremendously. You know, you can't give up those third and longs the way they do. It just completely takes the confidence. It deflates a defense. 
Um, and, it, and it keeps them on the gate on the field longer in those games, you know, it gets them tired. Right. So missed tackles, third and long, those are the things. Third down in general, I guess. But the third and long is definitely it's like a gut punch, you know, when you see those. So those are some of the takeaways for me in that game, that those things that just really need to be cleaned up. Missouri was 9 of 17 on third downs in this game and converted from distances of 15, 18, and 22 yards uh, all in the fourth quarter. Uh, that can't happen. And Billy Napier said so after the game. He said that uh, opposing teams are supposed to be converting those third and 10-plus at about a rate of under 15%, uh, I believe, of 10-yard-plus conversions. Off the top of my head, Missouri was 3 for 5 uh, in this game, which is an extremely high percentage of 60%. Uh, conversion rate on on third and very long. So that's no good. Uh, what I think is interesting, and we've talked about it before on the podcast, is you mentioned uh, the missed tackles. You mentioned kind of the errors in the passing game. I think a lot of that still speaks to the lack of talent overall on this roster. Uh, there are some good players, and we know who those guys are. I mean, Jaden Hill was fantastic. Uh, it's been long known, though, that he's a talented player, uh, made an impact as a freshman in Dan Mullen's defense or on Dan Mullen's team, which was rare for somebody of his age. So that's a good player, and he had a good game. Uh, Ventrell Miller, we know, is kind of the heart and soul of this defense. He was great in the contest, uh, continues to be a very good player. But around those guys, there have been questions about some of the quality of play and the talent, and you know, not just in the starting group, but in the guys below them, uh, especially defensively. And you mentioned it along the defensive line. It's a concern. It was a concern against Missouri, and I think that that played a factor. Uh, at safety, uh, you know, the starting group of, uh, Trey Dean and Rashad Torrance has come under fire a little bit so far this season at the halfway point. And I think that they left a lot to be desired throughout that game just upon rewatching it. Uh, just some coverage mistakes that, you know, even if it didn't end up in a big game for Missouri, I think that it made things harder on other people on the field. And when you start to get into playing better teams, and I say that because I truly believe that Missouri is among, if not the worst passing attack Florida will face this season, uh, you can't make those kinds of mistakes. And I think it's telling that Florida did give up over 50% conversions on third down. Florida did give up three conversions from 15-plus yards on third down, which is crazy. And then offensively, you mentioned it. I think that there is, uh, I think, reasonable concern at this point with the consistency of Florida's passing game. And I don't think that it's concern based on Billy Napier shouldn't be calling plays or he's a bad play call. It's too soon to tell. And I've been saying sure. that for weeks. I'm sticking with it. We don't know. But I, I do think... Like Billy Napier said, a lot goes into a successful passing game, be it, you know, consistent pass blocking. And Florida's gotten that for the most part this season. Uh, but then you also need good route running from your receivers. Florida has not gotten that consistently throughout the season. There were times in this game where receivers were open, but then you have to rely on your quarterback to recognize and make that pass and, and actually move the ball down the field. And none of those things seem to really happen at the same time in this game. They all seem to kind of happen at different times. And like Billy Napier said, it's not a recipe for success. Florida only threw for 66 yards in the entirety of the contest. So uh, a lot to be left, uh, a lot left to be desired, excuse me, I think from this game. Uh, it felt it felt mistake ridden, in, in my opinion. Uh, I think that if Florida really gets into rhythm from a passing standpoint, I, there was no reason why they couldn't have scored, you know, in the 40s in this game. I felt like did, Missouri just didn't. Missouri, Missouri was clearly the inferior team, in my opinion. Uh, and, and it just kind of came down to, I think, that some mistakes took points away from the Gators. To me, it seemed like it should have been a contest that was, was wider than just one score. Uh, I think that it's a good segue, though. You know, you, you talk about lack of depth and the roster kind of needing an overhaul. 
And now we're going to look at recruiting where Florida kind of has an opportunity to start to infuse the talent that it wants with its new coaching staff into its roster uh, and put itself in a position to be more successful in these games. Like this is a huge weekend for these Florida Gators. They're taking on a rival at home. It's a sold out game in the swamp against LSU uh, nighttime, 7 PM kickoff. And they have a ton of high profile prospects expected to be in attendance. This is a big, big deal. Uh, who should fans expect to be there? I guess the bigger names that fans can expect to be there. And again, Let's just emphasize how important this weekend is. I guess tell us uh, the significance of of such an opportunity for this program. Sure, you know, whenever you've looked at the schedule for Florida <clears throat> heading into the season, you know they had this weekend circled as really their first weekend to host official visitors during the fall. They had a flurry of those guys come in during the month of June, um, take those official visits. You know that's kind of common procedure at this point now because you see so many of those guys that want to make decisions before their senior year, sometime in the summer you know, get all the stress out of the way so they can play out, you know, their senior year without having the recruiting stress. Um, so, you know, with that being said, official visitors, you've got two five stars out of the state of Alabama, Quay Rasaw um, and his teammate, James Smith. You know, both of those guys come from Carver High School in, in Montgomery, Alabama, both five-star players. Rasaw being an edge type of guy that Florida would look to be, play that, that Brenton Cox, Jack, you know, type position on defense. And then James Smith, he's an interior defensive lineman all day. Um, these are guys that are from the state of Alabama. Like I said, I think that Alabama and Auburn are probably the two schools to watch the most right now. I think Florida's in there. Um, Georgia's in there. Um, and a couple others. We'll see how visits play out. They don't seem to be rushing. But I, I do think the in-state Alabama you know, will be tough. Um, I just they've been there a lot. There's a lot of familiarity there. Alabama is Alabama. Um, and they're in-state guys. So I think that that plays a big factor in there. But these are two guys that have visited Florida once over the entire course of their recruitment. And that was in July when they spent the weekend there for Friday Night Lights. They really liked their time there. I think that this weekend is a chance to really gauge. You know, where I say heading into there, I think Florida has – some work to do to make up ground in this recruitment. I do think that a lot of questions maybe will be answered this weekend, getting them on campus. You know, you can spend the entire weekend there. You really get the in-depth look of an official visit. You get time around players, you know, all the things that you get on an official visit. So um, we'll see how things play out from there. Uh, Three-star safety Bryce Thornton, who we'll talk about later in the show. Um, he'll be there for an official visit this coming weekend. And then Florida's four-star quarterback commit Marcus Stokes. Those are the guys right now that I have. Um, for official visits. Um, but past that, Florida's got a lot of five-star guys. You know, I mentioned um, the two five-stars taking an official visit. Five-star cornerback Cormani McLean is a possible visitor. I have him down as a maybe. Um, that's not a surefire confirmed visit. Um, there's a chance that he shows up there. That's something that he's mentioned before in the past. Um, we'll see if he actually shows. Again, that's one that I have down as a maybe. Um, but even going into the 2024 class, I think that that's the one where things start to look really impressive as far as the five-star visitors. Um, you've got a pair of five-star wide receivers in Jeremiah Smith and Josiah Trader, both of those guys down from South Florida. They visited for Friday Night Lights. They camped. They were by far the two best players that I saw on the field at Friday Night Lights. They absolutely um, long catches, touchdowns, the separation there. They were, they were easily the two of the best players that I saw at Friday Night Lights. Um, five-star edge, uh, Elijah Rushing who is a, a legacy player. He lives out in the state of Alabama. His father, George Rushing, it, it, played for Florida. State of Arizona. State of Arizona. What did I say? California? You said Alabama. Oh, yeah. No, Arizona. Yeah. Wrong. I was close enough. A. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, you're Arizona. Right. You would know you're the Arizona professional here. So. I, I am. But he is coming from the state of Arizona. Um, father is George Rushing, a Florida former Florida Gator. Um, brother is a preferred walk-on currently at Florida, Cruz Rushing. Um, so there's a lot of ties there for Florida. You know, he just hasn't maybe gotten the – 
the number of visits as a recruit that you would like to see. And that's obviously a chance for him to get back this weekend. He visited earlier this year. I want to say it was in the spring, maybe the summer or something like that. That was when he was offered by Florida. His brother has was at the time committed to Oregon as a preferred walk-on. That visit changed things there. Florida got the older brother um, all signed up there with Florida, you know, in the class as a preferred walk-on. Um, and it, it, there's a lot of eyes on Florida for the younger brother and Elijah. So I think that that's one to keep an eye on. I don't know how long his timeline is. He's a 2024 guy. He's got a lot of recruiting left to be had. But I do think that there's a lot of things to like about Florida there. Uh, five-star safety KJ Bolden is another guy, another five-star guy in that 2024 class. Um, he's visited before. Um, he's been in touch with Patrick Tony since September rolled around when college coaches could contact members of the 2024 class. And then finally, you know, the final five stars to date that we have on the confirmed list of visitors is, is probably one of the more important targets overall in the entire 2024 class. And that's five-star quarterback DJ Lagway. You know, he's exactly what Billy Napier wants in a quarterback. You know, he can throw, he can run, he's dynamic with all, you know, just his playmaking abilities. He puts up video game numbers for his high school team, you know, a team that isn't really known as being a, a powerhouse type of program there in the state of Texas. And this is, I think, his fourth visit to Florida to date. Um, visited in the spring, was offered, visited the entire weekend of Friday Night Lights, um, showed up for the Kentucky game, and now he'll be back again for another game. So this is, uh, you know, a guy that, again, you know, if you're looking at top guys for Florida in the 2024 class, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find another guy that's wanted as much as DJ, DJ Lagway in that class. And then even going down to 2025, some five-stars, Armando Blount. Um, he's another guy that's going to be there. Uh, defensive tackle that had a really good showing at Friday Night Lights there. Has also visited for a game this season. And Caleb Cunningham, another five-star wide receiver for the 2024 class. Uh, but, you know, even kind of circling back to the 2023 class of guys expecting this weekend. A lot of their commits in town. Uh, Kelby Collins is kind of the headliner there from that commitment list. And I, I mentioned him just because of the simple fact that he visited Alabama last weekend. He's an in-state guy there in Alabama. I do think he's very solid to Florida, and I think that that's pretty telling that he's turning right around after visiting Alabama and coming to Florida for another game. Um, so he'll be there. Uh, I think this is his first visit since the Utah game. Um, that was whenever he was last in Florida. Um, you know, even other targets there from from that 2023 or 2023 class. You know, I mentioned Cormani McLean as a maybe. Dijon Johnson, another guy we'll get into later on the show, top 100 cornerback. Florida still trying to flesh out that DB class. Um, overall, they've done a good job there. They've got some guys that will be making decisions this week um, and that secondary. Um, but, you know, I think the other guy, too, that's worth noting for the 2023 class coming in is Roderick Kearney. He's a guy that is expected. Not exactly locked, signed, sealed, and, and delivered confirmed that he'll be there for that for that weekend because again Florida State plays Clemson that's a big game there you know he's committed to Florida State you know they're obviously going to try to get him on campus but I can tell you that he's a name that is expected to be at Florida this weekend so we'll see if he shows up but I could go on and on. Um, the list is currently on the message board at Swamp 24-7. I'll have a preview later in the week. You know, I'm sure there'll be more names that get, get confirmed as the week goes along. Here we are on Tuesday. I'm waiting to see how we're, you know, if any other names shake out there. But, you know, so far Florida has a shot to have nine or ten five-star guys between the 2023, 2024, and 2025 class on campus. So that's a pretty big recruiting weekend when you've got ten, possibly have ten five-stars at, at one place at the same time.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right. And we, and we knew that this was going to be, like you said, this was a weekend that was kind of uh, targeted as the huge recruiting weekend. I mean, for months, we've been talking about this since the beginning of the season, that this was the, uh, the big official visit weekend. Uh, we've had prospects telling us that they were potentially planning on, on going to Florida for an official visit. I mean, it feels like since the summer. So we've known that this is a, a huge, huge weekend. And again, uh, head on over to swamp247.com uh, where you can check out Blake's running list of visitors for the weekend. Uh, it's extensive, and there was no way you can get through all of it right now in this right. podcast. Uh, and so, if you really want the full uh, the full impact of of Blake's reporting, you got to head on over to the site uh, again, swamp247.com, uh, and it's there on our message board. Just to recap, Blake, uh, Florida has 20 commits right now going into this LSU weekend, or really this LSU week. Uh, they rank 11th in the country according to 24/7 Sports, and we believe that there is an opportunity for them to grow uh, both of those numbers this week. Again, 20 commits. Uh, we expect that to grow. 11th overall, we expect that to jump as well. Uh, preview the pre-LSU game uh, festivities that could happen for Florida fans this week uh, and just kind of where your head's at with the two prospects that Florida's been uh, keeping tabs on that are announcing their decisions, I believe, on Thursday, if I remember correctly. Correct, yep. October 13th, Florida has a pair of targets that are set to decide. I have 24-7 sports crystal balls in for both of these players, and they are guys that we mentioned on the show earlier. Uh, Bryce Thornton, the three-star safety from the state of Georgia, and four-star top 100 cornerback Dijon Johnson out of the Tampa area at Wharton High School. They'll both be making their decisions the same day. Thornton will start things off at around 3.15. Um, that's Eastern time for anyone who's not listening over here on the Eastern side. Um, and then Dijon should be around 4 o'clock the same day. And again, I have predictions in for both players. Um, Thornton being more of a safety, they like the fact that he's a bit versatile. He can play some safety, play some nickel. Um, he's mentioned that the staff has said he could play some corner. I don't really buy that. I think he's more of a safety nickel type of guy. I just don't think he has the length and the height to throw him out there at, at that cornerback position. Um, but Dijon, I do think, is a guy that can play some corner, can play some safety, and can play some nickel. He's another guy that's versatile. Patrick Tony really likes those guys that can move around in the secondary um, can be multifaceted, and I think that's exactly what Dijon can do. Um, I can't remember the exact stats from last year. Um, I can obviously pull them up, but he was a guy that had um, a lot of uh, interceptions last year as a junior um, for Wharton High School. Um, and let's see, now he had uh, six passes and returned four of them for touchdowns. So obviously he was very dynamic in the secondary for his team last year. Um, Florida's really trying to build up that defensive back class. Um, so I think it should be a good day for Florida heading into a big weekend. Um, I think it's pretty telling that both of those guys are planning to visit Florida after their decisions. You know, Thornton taking the official visit this weekend. Um, he's taken an official visit to Alabama before. Those are the two schools that he's down to. And I think that just the relationships made with Florida, I think, is what's going to win out there. You know, he's visited several times, um, four or five times maybe over the course of the year. Um, has a really good relationship with Patrick Tony. The safeties coach at Florida, William Piegler, is his area recruiter and has a really good relationship with him. I think it was last Friday. Um, Piegler was actually on the sidelines of his high school game over there at Milton High School in Alpharetta, Georgia. Um, Billy Napier's also got a really good relationship with him, too. So I think the trio of those guys 
has really paid big dividends. I think that the, that just those bonds have really made him feel comfortable with Florida and Gainesville and the family type of atmosphere they have. Um, so, you know, I think that that's one that I've been leaning Florida for a while, and I think that they went out there whenever the time comes to make his decision on Thursday. And then with Johnson, he's a former Ohio State commit. Um, he was committed there back in June. Um opened things back up in July after taking a couple visits to Florida. And he hasn't visited any other schools to my knowledge since opening things back up. He's been to Florida maybe four or five times just since July alone. You know, he wants to stay closer to home. I think that was a big factor in why he opened things up and decommitted from Ohio State. And Florida's only a couple hours away. Um, he's brought his mom there. He brought her there for, I believe it was the Kentucky game he was last at. So he's, you know, got – Parents have seen the place, kind of checks off all the boxes there. Corey Raymond's done a great job in recruiting him. Um, Corey Raymond is really good at what he does, and I think that there's an appeal from on, on Dijon's side of being able to be coached up under Corey Raymond. Patrick Tony's also involved there too. So, um, again, I think Thursday could be a really good day for Florida heading into uh, you know those decisions. I have predictions in for both of those guys to end up at Florida, and uh, fingers crossed that I'm right because uh, I don't like when people are mean to me when I'm wrong. There you go. <laughs> So don't be mean to Blake if he's wrong, uh, although we don't <laughs> expect him to be. Uh, this week with two guys expected to commit to the Gators based on Blake's reporting. Uh, Blake, this is an interesting moment now for Florida because it's going to grow the class to 22 players. And again, uh, they do not have to stop at 25 like you've had to in years past this year. Uh, the NCAA waived that rule so you can exceed uh, that number, but there are still some limitations in place. Where, where does Florida go from here? Are they continuing to be aggressive to try and grow the class? Do they really start to slow down? Because I remember uh, after they received commitment number 20, we saw one of those, and, and again, very common, uh, you know, kind of easing off the gas a little bit, waiting to kind of pick your spots and see who else you can land. Do we see that again here? Is it still kind of full go? Uh, what, what are the expectations for the remainder of the class? I, th I do think it slows down a bit. And I say that because most of the guys that have uh, Florida has on their board are either guys they need to flip. Um, you can never really predict a timeline until until it's time to get get it done. You know, with a flip. You know, you've got guys like uh, UCF commit John Walker, uh, Texas commit Cedric Baxter, Miami commit Malik Bryant. Um, I'm sure there's others that just those are just some off the top of my head that I know Florida's really gunning for. Um, so they're chipping away at some of those guys. A lot of those guys they've gotten on campus this year. Walker's been there multiple times. So I think with with a flip, you never really know how the timeline's going to be. Could that be something to where you get them on campus a couple times, you keep chipping away, maybe something shakes out during the season. Um, but a lot of times I think that you'll see a lot of those guys, if they did make some type of major decision, that it would be probably closer to December. And I think that's just the bulk of Florida's remaining targets left on their board, guys that you know want to have those decisions in December. Um, I think past um, these two guys and Deshaun, and, and Deshaun Johnson – and Bryce Thornton, you know, the other only other guy really that has a date to keep an eye on is four-star defensive lineman Cade McDonald, um, who has Florida among his top five schools. He's going to make his decision in, on Halloween. Um, Florida, Michigan, Ohio State, uh, Clemson, um, those are the schools really in the mix for him at this point. Oklahoma is another one. He was at Florida this past weekend for the Missouri game, really seemed to have a good time, was really into it, you know, kind of turning around, interacting with the crowd, kind of pumping guys up, you know, in the crowd there. Um, has a really good relationship with Sean Spencer, um, various other coaches at Florida. His mom likes Florida a lot, too. I think – I mean, the most I've heard on is Florida and Clemson for him. I did hear some buzz that, you know, Michigan's probably in there. So I'd say that, in my opinion, those are probably the three schools to watch at this point. Um, but – 
the feedback I've gotten is that Caden is, is a guy that he enjoys every visit. He really likes a lot of schools. He really likes recruiting. And that's not to say it's some kind of game or a troll or anything like that. I think that's just his personality. I think he's just got a bubbly type of personality. He likes recruiting. He likes visits. You know, he likes checking out these schools and seeing these games. Can you no, I would. I would. Yeah, I mean, if I could take an official visit to Hawaii, I would too. But I know there's some rules around there. I'd be taking all sorts of visits. I'm with you. But I think that he's, like I said, he was at Florida last weekend. Um, he'll be at Oklahoma this coming weekend for an official visit. Clemson is set for October 22nd weekend. It's a bit up in the air if that'll be an unofficial or an official visit. We'll see. At this point, it's down as an unofficial visit, but there's a possibility of him taking an OV there. Um, so he's still got some visits left before he makes that decision. And again, when you've got a guy that enjoys every visit, really likes all the coaches. I mean, he really likes all those schools, but I think that those three of Florida, Clemson, Michigan, the ones that I mentioned there, I think Ohio State could be a bit of a dark horse. You can never count them out with Larry Johnson and how he recruits and how he uh, you know has produced defensive linemen over the course of his career there. So We'll see. I still think there's a little bit of some some back and forth there as we lead up to that. But, you know, to answer your question, I think past these two guys, Caden McDonald's really the only one to keep an eye on in the month of October. Past that, I think a lot of these guys wait out until national or excuse me, the early signing period in December. Um, take those official visits in December. I think December will have quite a few official visits set up in there. And that leads up into signing day when I think a lot of those guys make their decisions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot here a little bit. I think besides Johnson and Thornton, I'm going to ask you to give me two guys who you would say are next on that list, two people who you think fans should just keep an eye on. I think McDonald, uh, like you just explained, probably occupies one of those spots. Is there a second person who you think fans at this point should either start watching or just have in the back of their mind, obviously knowing, like you just said, that it could be a bit before we see something start to you know, materialize with one of those recruitments? But, but regardless, is there somebody – who you would add to the uh, McDonald category of, of keep an eye on at this point. Sure. Five-star corner, Monty McLean. You don't have a target higher on Florida's board right now in the 2023 class, the five-star defensive back. He's the cherry on top that they want to have for that defensive back class that they're taking a heavy number of. Um, he's been to Florida multiple times, and that's dating back to even before Billy Napier was hired. He was a, a regular visitor under Dan Mullen. He's been a regular visitor under Billy Napier. Um, he really likes Corey Raymond. He's done a good job recruiting him. Um, that's a guy that I, I I know. It's weird whenever you talk about his timeline because there are times wherever Cormani will say that you know he wants to have things done soon, and. I, I just don't buy it. I don't buy the fact that he's going to have things done soon. He's wanting to take official visit. At least the plan on Florida side and what I understand of Alabama side is to have him on campus for official visits in December. I don't think that you're shooting for official visits that late if you've got a guy that's going to want to make a decision soon. I think that a lot of those schools would be trying to hammer those out in the next couple of weeks, in the months, or the coming months, or whatever. Um, but if those guys are looking to make this or make those official visits in December, that makes me think that he probably waits closer to national sign or to early signing day. Um, will it be on early signing day? I don't know, but I do think that it'll probably be close to that. If not, um, he's one to keep an eye on. And I think another guy. I'll give you another one to keep an eye on. I do agree with Cade McDonald being the one to keep an eye on. Um, but John Walker, the UCF commit. Um, I, I, he was, he was at one point tentatively looking to take an official visit to Florida this weekend. I don't expect that to happen. I don't have him on my visitor list for this weekend for, for an official visit. At least I haven't heard if he's going to show up for an unofficial visit, but he's early part of the season. You know, he was there for Florida for like three straight games. You know, he was there for, for, uh, 
for all those games there, despite being committed to UCF, can, or, or to, continues to talk to Sean Spencer, Billy Napier. In fact, he said that you know the the conversations, the lines of communication have not dropped. If anything, they picked up whenever he committed to UCF. I think that shows how big of a want he is for this staff. Sean Spencer has done a good job with them. William Piegler is also another guy that's done a good job with them in the area there. Um, so I think it. He's one that I wouldn't necessarily say I'm projecting him to flip right now or, you know, at some point down the line. But I do think the amount of times he's visited, the amount of effort Florida's putting in there, and the fact that they're looking to get him to take an official visit in December, I think that that is enough to warrant keeping an eye on him going forward. I'm going to put a bow on our conversation with this question. I'll actually provide my answer before I throw it back to you. And that is, you know, months ago, you and I were having conversations on the podcast about recruiting, and I think part of the conversation started to become, uh, are there early concerns about the efficacy of this staff in terms of its ability to recruit? Uh, I know that fans, especially towards that like June, July time, uh, maybe started to freak out a little bit prematurely uh, just about how, how good or bad the staff is going to be as a recruiting staff. We're now basically halfway through October. We're recording this on October 11th. Uh, where do you feel like this staff stands now? Are you impressed? Uh, is it still too early for you to tell in terms of, of how good it is as a recruiting group? Uh, I think for me, I, I've been impressed lately with how this group has done in terms of getting guys on campus, uh, maintaining connections with guys that are committed. If you want me to address a concern, I would say that offensive line recruiting probably needs to be picked up uh, over the next couple months, probably before early signing day. That's been a weakness without a question. Uh, linebacker recruiting, I think you could say the same. But really, I think in other areas, Florida's been excellent. I think wide receiver recruiting has gone great. Defensive back recruiting is going excellent. I mean, they're about to land, most likely, two more very highly regarded prospects. You have Cormani McLean as a potential option, like you mentioned, a guy to keep an eye on. Defensive line recruiting picked up tremendously in the recent months. You have Caden McDonald as a potential addition to that group. So I, I personally am impressed. Am I overreacting? Where, where do you stand? I don't think you're overreacting. I think offensive line is, is needed to pick up. And I think that Florida has a, you know, to go back to December when things were looking bad, you know, we saw a guy in four-star interior offensive line, Roderick Kearney, literally take an official visit to Florida. And he had to still been on like the campus Wi-Fi as quickly as he committed to Florida State after that official visit. That was whenever you start to see panic ensue. Jaden Rashada obviously was a big-time quarterback target. Those are whenever the panic button started to be hit. But Florida, here they are. Yes, offensive line recruiting needs to pick up, but they're still very much in it for Roger Kearney. You know, to kind of go back to our last question of, you know, guys to keep an eye on, he's visited Florida twice already this season and could potentially be back again um, this coming weekend. He's got a teammate that has got a preferred walk-on offer at Florida that has also been there with him too. Um, so, you know, Florida's a threat to flip him. You know, he's obviously committed to Florida State still. There's been buzz for Florida for the last several weeks now. Georgia's been rumored to be involved in that in some capacity. Um, so Florida could have a little bit of revenge there for that, you know, kind of panic button that was hit there in, in, in June whenever he made that decision. Um, linebacker recruiting, I think, is one area where Florida needs to pick up. Um, and I say that just because, you know, can you flip a Malik Bryan? I think that eases a lot of tensions. You know, they did flip uh, Jaden Robinson from South Carolina, and that was good to get one guy in the boat. But there was just so many other guys that were on the board for Florida. They're still kicking the tires on some guys. They'll have a guy that's a graduate transfer from Georgia Tech on campus this weekend, does not have an offer at this point. So they're kind of dabbling in the portal. They're looking at some guys that are maybe a little bit more of a flyer type, you know, maybe a diamond in a rough type of type of player that they've had on campus over the past couple of weeks. 
Um, I think that needs to pick up, but I think 2024 has a chance to really be good at, to, to Florida at linebacker. You've already got Miles Graham, the legacy linebacker in the, in the boat. You lead for a guy, the four-star in Adarius Hay. So linebacker could pick up in 2024, but I do think it's been a bit disappointing in 23. Um, have I been impressed with the staff's recruiting efforts? I have. You look at this right now, they rank 11th, and that's heading into those um, two possible decisions with you know Bryce and, and Dijon that are making their decision on Thursday. You land those guys, as of right now, where the rankings you know sit number-wise, Florida would move up to eighth, and that's one of the highest spots they've been since Will Muschamp was the head coach at Florida. And Will Muschamp, granted for all the things that he didn't do well on the field for Florida outside of fielding a really good defense – guy recruited really well. So this is the best recruiting I've seen for Florida since probably that Will Muschamp years, wherever he was landing a lot of guys. Um, so I think that that's impressive because, you know, as, as sad as a lot of Florida fans were with how Will Muschamp's, you know, was, you know, you, you won those game a lot of those games under Will Muschamp and you didn't feel like you won just because the game took like years off of your life watching it. You know, so but the recruiting was good. And I feel like that excitement of the what the recruiting that Will Muschamp did is brought back now under Billy Napier. And that's been a long time since we've seen that type of excitement. So I do think that I've impressed with what they've done. Again, you know, linebacker, offensive line are some areas where I think you want to see some improvement. There's still some meat on the bones left for the offensive line class. There's still a chance to potentially, you know, get a guy like Roger Kearney to flip. You know, there's some other targets left on the board. Florida can still go in the transfer portal. And look at those guys, whether that's the offensive line at linebacker. Um, so we'll see how things go there. But I think overall, if you have a chance to be eighth, if you do land those guys and still have some targets left on the board going forward, Florida has a chance to potentially be pushing a top five class, depending how things shake out. So um, that's impressive considering how everyone was ready to hit the panic button in June. And even I, you know, you and I were having some concerns where things were going. You know, we're Absolutely. like, you know, what's going on here? Florida's got all these guys taking these official visits. Everybody talks about how great the staff is. The, you know, guys are visiting multiple times in the spring and the summer and they right. weren't getting the job done. And that's totally flipped the switch, you know, through July and through August, they really did a good job. So, um, you know, to sit there now and think that Florida could potentially be pushing a top five class when things are all said and done. I think that deserves um, a lot of kudos to them. You know, the coaching staff, Billy Napier and the guys in the recruiting office. No, absolutely. I think that there's been a really positive evolution of this process for Florida uh, in terms of its ability to recruit effectively uh, I think we saw that pick up a couple months ago and that momentum has, you know, really carried over uh, as time has gone on. I think that the staff has done a good job of making sure that that's happened. And again, I think that, you know, there's still a lot of time. So it's, it's October 11th today, uh, December, mid-December is when you're looking to lock a couple guys in and then, you know, you make that final push uh, before the, the, the regular signing day. Uh, and Florida's in a position, like you said, to be able to potentially do some really good things. Uh, in terms of its national ranking, there are some high-profile prospects that are very much uh, in play for the program, uh, and it already sits at 20, 20 commitments uh, and ranks 11th in the country. So You know, and even to think, too, yeah. to add, sorry to cut you off, that, no, you know, good. yes, it's been slow as far as, you know, what you expect. You guys make their decisions there in the summer. Things slow down. Players in high school have their own seasons going on. Coaches have their own seasons going on. Um but outside of the Missouri game, Florida has had a five-star on campus for every game this season. And that's, you know, sure, visits are great. You want to land those guys. But I still think that that's promising to see that. You know, there's been, um, you know, some of these subpar types of games like a USF or even a Missouri game at home in the past that, you know, you've seen under other staffs that, the visitor list was a very much a reflection of the game, the competitiveness of the game there. And you've still seen Florida be able to get some five-star guys on campus this season. So I think that's commendable too. Something I noticed the other day was 
Outside of that Missouri game, Florida has had at least one five-star on campus for every game. And that's considering that they played Eastern Washington for one of those right. games. So right. um, that's impressive. Yeah, no, no doubt. I, I uh, like I said, I think that this is a, I'm impressed by, by Florida football recruiting. I think I'm not even going to, I'm not going to beat around the bush in any kind of way here. I just think that it's taken a, it's really taken off in recent months. It's headed in a direction that's promising. Uh, and I'll be interested to see kind of where it goes uh, as we get closer to that December signing day. Uh, but with that, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Swamp 247 podcast. Again, like always, we thank you for listening. Uh, and stay tuned. We have a whole bunch of content going up. Uh, YouTube, make sure you're subscribed, like, comment. Uh, we've got content going up there at least twice a week every week. Uh, this was our game review and recruiting preview podcast. We'll have a full LSU preview uh, where we talk about schematics and game details, as well as our betting advice of the week. Uh, on Thursday or Friday this week. We're not quite sure yet when we're going to be able to get that out, but we will have a second podcast. And then obviously stay tuned to the site, swamp247.com. We have tons of content every single day, including recruiting content from the great Blake Alderman, who has a running list of LSU visitors, or at least expected LSU visitors, which you would be remiss not to check out. And you can see the link right there. Uh, again, head on over to swamp247.com for some of the best Florida coverage in the market. And with that being said, uh, for Blake Alderman, my name is Jacob Rudner, and we will see you guys on the next episode.